This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Get me target and Locking on in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to lock on to your favorite college and NFL prospects powered by the brand that you come to know and trust. Destination Debbie, welcome to the Elite Seekers Fantasy Football Podcast. Now introducing our host, the creator of the Elite Seekers Podcast. He goes by the name of Ben Eby. You can find him on all social media platforms at the Ben Eby. You ready to take flight? We locked on, ladies and gentlemen. Smash that subscribe button. Let's get them trophies brought back to the hotel. Here we go. What's up, Elite Seekers? Here we are, episode 15, and we are back at it again with the Elite Region Series. This is number six on that series. Having a blast. We're really checking out these underclassmen, the guys that are eligible in 2023 and 2024 as far as the NFL draft goes. We want to know who is going to be the best when their college career is said and done. You know, we're looking at quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And you know what? Today, we're going to focus on the Louisiana hot sauce. Yes, we're going to Louisiana. We're going to see what they got going there. They're known for the hot sauce. Let's see if they can bring that on the field as well. Let's jump right into the quarterback position. We're going to take a look at 2023 draft eligible TJ Finley. This guy is huge, six foot six, 242 pounds. He was a three-star out of Ponchatoula, Louisiana. He's enrolled at LSU in January of 2020 and just completed his freshman season there. We'll have a chance to compete for the starting job this upcoming season. New offensive coordinator Jake Peets said seeing TJ Finley reminds him a lot of meeting Cam Newton for the first time. So that's kind of a cool little note. You know, these are things that you look for and try to pick out when you're listening to the coaches talk. With Pete's taking over as the offensive coordinator in Baton Rouge, it gives reason to be excited for the future of the offense. As Pete's comes from that Joe Brady offense, you know, comes from the Carolina staff. So that's something that, you know, was missing last year. We just didn't see that dynamic offense. Obviously, the playmakers were different. It was more of a rebuild year. They lost a lot. But that's still something you want to see. Finley has a rocket arm. That can beat you anywhere on the field with a flick of the wrist paired with a high octane offensive passing game could be a future recipe for for greatness. That's that's what we're looking for. That's the type of elite ceiling we want to find on this show. He'll compete with Miles Brennan, who will be coming back from injury and Max Johnson, who saw some time this year as well. And Max is the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. So he saw that time on the field look pretty good. He'll be in the mix this spring with this quarterback competition. It's going to be tight. 
It's surely Brennan's job to lose, but the upside and ceiling of Finley is one that can't be overlooked as he's flashed some moments in his true freshman season once Brennan went down with a season-ending injury. In Finley's first start against South Carolina, he was able to throw for 265 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick while going 17 for 21. He also added another eight carries on the ground for 24 yards and a touchdown while leading the Tigers to a big 52-24 win. The next week against Auburn, much, much, much tougher time going 13 for 24, 143 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. He did bounce back, though, with his next opportunity when he faced Arkansas, and he led his team to a 27-24 victory. In that game, he was 27 out of 42 for 271 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So we definitely saw a roller coaster effect, and that's what it's about as a true freshman. You're going to see that. On the season, TJ completed 80 out of his 140 attempts for 941 yards, five touchdowns, and five interceptions. He did complete 57% of his passes, which will need to be dramatically improved for him to have a shot at winning the job this spring, especially going against someone like Brennan. Overall, TJ has elite potential with his giant frame, his absolutely cannon arm, and just a quick release. But we've seen other QBs like this in the past that ended up failing. The one trait that I really think will help TJ succeed is his intangibles as a leader. Due to his size, players seem to naturally look up to him. And from his high school days of sticking it out in a small town where his team was extremely young, as well as volunteering as a, you know, as a coach with the local youth football, it really allowed him to develop a, a demeanor that will make his teammates go through a wall for him. He's, he cares about them. He, he cares about the team. He has this calmness that might get mistaken for weakness, but in high-pressure situations, he'll surely see in the SEC, like, that's going to be a trait that goes a long way in settling his teammates down so they can just go out there and execute the big plays needed to win. So pay attention to the six foot six, 242-pound sleeping giant in Baton Rouge, because if he wakes up, the world will be on notice. <laughs> Next up, we're going to go ahead and look at a 2023 draft eligible Blake Shapin quarterback for Baylor, six foot, 190 pounds, three star out of Shreveport, Louisiana. He's entering year two here at Baylor. He also plays shortstop for the Baylor baseball team and was one of the top dual sport recruits in the country. The baseball coach has made the decision to allow Blake to rejoin the team after spring football practice after head football coach Dave Aranda said Blake is firmly in the mix to win the starting job in 2021. When Blake was first brought in as a recruit, coach Dave Aranda said this, he's smart, dependable, tough, instinctive, able to create. That's our guy, and it was a full effort to get him. Assistants Fedora and Bell were key in his recruitment. That doesn't really sound like a guy that Baylor and Coach Aranda recruited to sit on the sideline, does it? Shapin is extremely competitive, and you can see that the way he fights for extra yards and initiates contact in his high school film. I'm sure after his one year now at Baylor, he's been coached to use some of those baseball instincts and slide rather than take hits from bigger and stronger defenders. Although you really love to see the mentality, that competitiveness, just, just that fighting warrior spirit, that's big. Blake shows great footwork in the pocket and has plus escapability to pair with his gift of off-platform throws that really shows off his shortstop experience in baseball. 
you love to see it. Just the way he contorts his body can kind of fit the football through smaller windows to avoid defenders, especially at his size, being six foot. If Shapin wins the job, I could see him rising up boards, becoming a tier two or tier three type of quarterback. It'll be fun to watch at the college football level. I'll be curious to see, though, how much he can fill out his frame while at Baylor in order to try and follow in the footsteps of other baseball and football quarterbacks we've seen in the past. He's definitely not a Kyler or Russell in terms of shiftiness or speed, but his ability to extend a play is special, and that is going to go a long way. You know, with, with speed and playmakers around him, and Baylor typically runs a strong offense, it could be fun to watch, and, and adding muscle to that is only going to help him in the future. So pay attention to this guy, Blake Shapin, out of Baylor. Now, between the two quarterbacks, I have to go with TJ Finley just strictly due to that ceiling. Both of these guys are high-risk, high-reward guys, but the reward possibilities with TJ Finley really taking off, I mean, he has that Big Ben potential at the next level if he really finds a way to put it all together. He's, he's huge. He's tough to bring down. You know, he's not a guy that's going to use his legs a ton, but in short yardage situations, I mean, good luck tackling a quarterback that's 250 pounds. We've seen that with Cam Newtons. We've seen that with, with Ben Roethlisberger and some others in the past as well. So TJ Finley, he takes a nod. He's the guy that I believe will be the best underclassman quarterback when it's said and done out of Louisiana. Let's jump over to the running back position. We're going to talk about 2023 draft eligible Ashad Clayton, six foot, 200 pounds, four star out of New Orleans, Louisiana. He's entering year two here at Colorado. I'm already seeing some whispers of a transfer as a possibility, but it's it's rumors at this point. And I really think, you know, at this point in the game, that'll be tough to see. You know, spring practice is virtually here, so I'm not I'm not too sure. But I guess it really depends where he ends up in the mix here. Clayton is a big back who has a great blend of strength, speed, and quick feet. With plus-plus vision, his ability to explode through the hole, uses acceleration, is really nice. It's very effective. Even though he isn't the shiftiest back due to his bigger size, the wiggle he does have paired with his strength means a defender at the second and third level better have a great angle or good luck trying to bring this guy down. He's currently listed at 200 pounds, but easily has a frame to pack on another 20 to 30 pounds while maintaining the power, speed, quickness that he already shows. He was a verified 11-second flat 100-meter time, which shows good speed for a big guy. He led his high school team to -to back-to-back run-art finishes at the state championship, and I've talked to you guys about this. I love finding the little things like what drives a guy, what's his mental makeup, what does his mindset look like? And this is something that really bothered and motivated Ashad. You know, you hear him speak about this in interviews. His motto is now to never come up short. And it really speaks to the mental toughness he's building up on this journey. Ashad has had the chance to connect and work out with fellow New Orleans product, Leonard Fournette, who has taken on a mentoring role with him. So Ashad has has told Fournette that he wants to be better than him and be the best to ever come from New Orleans area when it's all said and done. So you love to hear that, especially when you're talking about Uh, you know, calling out a Super Bowl winning running back, right? So it's a big deal. It just shows what type of competitor he is and the drive that he has. He has a lot of work to do before having a chance to even sniff something like that, you know, but putting it out there and backing it up with the work and partnering with guys that have been there already, I think goes a long way. In his true freshman season, Clayton didn't see the field a whole lot. He finished with only seven carries for 31 yards and two touchdowns. 
as it was star sophomore Jared Broussard, who ran for 895 yards, five touchdowns on 156 carries in only six games on his way to winning the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. To cloud that backfield even more, junior Alex Fontenot will be back as well, and he was the leading rusher for the Buffs in 2019 before missing last season due to a hip injury. Head coach Carl Durrell has already stated that this job will need to be earned again for 2021, so let's pay close attention to how Ashad Clayton shows up in spring practice. If we don't hear much, I wouldn't be surprised to hear of him entering the transfer portal soon after. After all, he was recruited by the top schools in the country such as Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and so on before ultimately surprising everybody and going to Colorado. So stay tuned. This story is just getting started, but a ton of talent. He might be one of the most talented and most forgotten running backs in this class. Next up, we're talking about 2024 draft eligible Catravion Hargrove, 5'11", 185 pounds, four-star out of Ruston, Louisiana. Right now, he's a hard commit to Mississippi State. He has not signed yet. He was originally committed to Louisiana Tech, but reopened recruitment last summer as he started to get more looks from a lot of bigger schools. Even though he is a hard commit to Mississippi State right now, he's still got Louisiana Tech, Boston College, Florida State, and Baylor with active offers out there, so they're hovering just in case something changes. It does seem that Hargrove's situation is pretty fluid, but at some point we're going to see him on the field at Mississippi State. At last count, Mississippi State had two open scholarships for 2021, and we're exploring impact transfers to fill those. If that doesn't pan out, we could see one of those going to Hargrove for the 2021 class, and to do so, he would need to officially sign. If we do see those scholarships get filled by transfers, then it seems Hargrove would still be on campus by fall 2021 at the latest, but then count towards the 2022 scholarship head council. That's something to pay attention to. No matter which way it goes, it seems that Mississippi State wants to get Hargrove on the campus into the weight room before we see him with meaningful touches on the field. This is great news in my opinion, as he's an electric playmaker at the running back position, but will need to be able to take bigger hits at the next level going against top-end SEC talent week in and week out. Overall, Kertravion has some of the best feet in this entire class at the running back position and on film. He just consistently makes guys miss in the open field or in tight windows that he might have. His change of direction seems effortless, and he is destined to see targets out of the backfield for years to come. Katravion is the type of athlete that we could see lined up in the backfield or potentially in the slot at some point just to create mismatches all over the field. Be patient here, and we could have ourselves a late Debbie riser in a year or two. As much as I love the feat of Katravion, I think you got to go with Clayton here as the guy when it's all said and done. His talent, his overall ability just across the board, he, he just projects as a true three down back. We're going to have to be patient, though, potentially in both these situations, especially if Clayton does not win a big chunk of that job out of the gates this spring. So stay tuned. Ashad Clayton, though, that's my guy that I'm going with out of Louisiana for this underclassman group. Yeah, this one's going to be fun. We're going to talk about wide receivers now with 2023 draft eligible Keishan Boutte, 6'185 pounds, five star out of New Iberia, Louisiana, 
sophomore to be at LSU. Kayshawn came out in a year with limited offseason reps due to COVID and eventually just lit the college football world on fire with his talent and all-around skill set as a wide receiver. His true freshman stats finished up with 47 receptions, 735 yards, five touchdowns, averaging 16 yards per reception. After Terrace Marshall opted out on November 30th, he had three starts to himself where he was the guy, the go-to, the man, and he really prepped and set himself up well for this. So his first game was against Alabama. He ends up putting up eight receptions for 111 yards. Crazy, just just a stud, didn't score in that game. But boom, back at it the next week against Florida, another five receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. We're getting on the board with the scores. And then Kayshawn just explodes. He goes absolutely nuclear against Ole Miss, 14 receptions for 308 yards and three touchdowns. Just crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Kayshawn is explosive in his breaks, whether he's demonstrating that with game-breaking ability from all three phases of the field. Like, it just doesn't matter. Just give this guy the ball. He's going to make something happen. He has no problem getting the ball short via handoffs, wide receiver screens, and just making guys miss with sudden cuts, devastating spin moves that you typically only see on video games. Kayshawn can also take the top off the defense with his great speed and elite ball tracking skills, paired with just insane body control if he needs to adjust to it on the fly. Although he isn't the biggest receiver on the field, he will fight for the ball in contested situations and routinely comes down with it due to great timing, strong hands. He's a problem in the red zone and projects as someone with elite, and yes, I mean elite receiver skills, and a probable first-round NFL talent to continue the trend for LSU. This guy is not one to disrespect or mess with. Kayshawn Boutte, absolute star in the making. We're going to go ahead and keep it in the LSU family with 2024 draft eligible wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr., six foot, 490 pounds, four star out of Walker, Louisiana. He is signed with LSU, as I mentioned. He is a big time athlete who also held Division I basketball scholarship offers. I've mentioned him in past Elite Seeker episodes because I, I just love this guy. Brian Thomas Jr. is a big, go and get it wide receiver. He's slippery and smooth after the catch or in kick return situations. His frame should allow him to fill out nicely and stay dominant in red zone and jump ball situations in the SEC, just as he was in high school. BTJ ended up choosing the hometown LSU program over offers from Alabama, Florida, Arkansas, Auburn, among many, many others. He'll bring a different aspect to the field opposite Kayshawn, and I think he'll be part of a fun wide receiver core for years to come. If you are looking for big athletes with good speed, ability to add muscle mass, and could just go get the ball, then look no further than BTJ at LSU, as he could be all that and more. And man, this is why I want to see TJ Finley win this job, because you throw Finley's big arm, quick release out there with guys like Boutte, guys like BTJ, it's going to be crazy. But at the end of the day, I'm not passing on Kayshawn Boutte. Brian Thomas Jr. has a, an amazing ceiling, but Kayshawn has already showed us that game-breaking ability in the, in the fashion of a 300-yard game, 
right out of the gates. Let's see what he can do in year two. Kayshawn for the win. Now, as far as the tight end position, I cannot even give you that elite target identified soundbite because it's just not happening in Louisiana. 2024 draft eligible Shield Taylor, 6'4", 235 pound, three star out of Alexandria, Louisiana. He signed with Stanford, but there's not really much to talk about there. He was the best prospect and really mostly excelled at blocking. Because of that, I think he mostly projects as a fullback, and I think there's already rumors and they're talking about that for Stanford, in which case he'll fill that role pretty well. But we're not out here looking for fullbacks. For fantasy football purposes, we're strictly looking for the big, fast athletes that have good hands when seeking high-end tight ends. The high school classes of 2020 and 2021 just did not produce that for the state of Louisiana. No hot sauce for you. Now, as always, you know we got to go to the quote of the show as we wrap this up. This week has some really impactful moments that I wanted to mention and include for this portion of the show. Monday was International Women's Day where we had a chance to reflect on so many amazing ladies and what they're currently accomplishing. And then on Wednesday night, there was a really powerful conversation hosted by Michael Liu, Steffi Smalls, James Coe, and Destination Debbie's founder, Ray Garvin, among others. The conversation was on the Clubhouse app and focused on diversity from minorities in fantasy football. I highly, highly recommend you give it a listen. Scott Fish just recorded it, tweeted it out on Thursday, and I retweeted it as well on Thursday. So feel free to DM me if you can't find that, but you should be able to find that in the Twitter world. The quote I chose is from Vice President and Managing Director of Intellectual Property at IBM, Claudia Brian Woody, and I feel it ties in greatly to this week and conversations that we need to continue to have. Inclusivity means not just we're allowed to be there, but we are valued. I've always said, smart teams will do amazing things, but truly diverse teams will do impossible things. No matter where you work or what teams you're a part of, remember this. If you have the ability to lift and highlight the voices of those around you who might not normally have that opportunity, then do it. It's just a start, but it will go a long way to a better world. And that's what it's all about. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I look forward to catching up with all you next week. Elite Seekers out.